You all know how I love to run with Piper the Wonder Dog. Her safety and health are my number one priority when we're out on the trails together. And that's why I've been giving Piper Big Country Raw's all-natural joint support supplements since she was a pup. Trail Tales ARP is happy to provide you with a discount code for 10% off your order at bigcountryraw.ca. Visit bigcountryraw.ca and use the code TRAILTALES, one word, to receive your 10% discount today. Run wild! If there's one thing that's better than running, it's got to be running with your dog. Join Sean Sobon and Ivor Regers for Trail Tales ARP, Candy Cross Edition, where we will explore the growing sport of Canacross and the adventures it will bring for you and your canine pal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third Canacross edition of Trail Tales ARP. I'm your host, Sean Sobon, and along with me, I have Ivor Regers. Ivor, how are you today? pretty good yourself i'm doing all right man um i i can't believe the snow we had this morning that was a, a bit of a surprise but uh, beyond that everything's going good man yeah this morning and yesterday yesterday it snowed too i can't believe it. yeah yeah so how is how is cedar the yellow lab doing uh she's doing good she's uh very energetic still so she's just a dog who wants to play. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I saw that uh, she received her 10th annual Iron Paws medal yesterday or the day before, I guess. She looks very uh, beautiful in it. She loves it. She likes it good. I haven't, uh, I haven't actually been running with her lately because the runs I'm doing lately are a little bit too long for her. So I'm just kind of letting her rest. <laughs> yeah, because you're actually, if the audience says no, you're training and you're getting close to the end of your 50-kilometer uh, training plan. You're going to be running that uh, near the end of May, right? So there's only a few weeks left for you, really. Yeah, three weeks. I'm getting nervous, man. I know, I know. Your taper is going to start soon, and then uh, then you'll be, like, itching, itching to go for a long run. But uh, you'll get it, man. And I know you'll be successful. So you've been training hard and running in all kinds of crazy weather and stuff. So good for you, dude. It's going to be, it's going to be good. And I'm sure Cedar will uh, appreciate being able to get out there with you again. Yeah, thanks for that. It's good to have someone in my corner. Of course, buddy. Of course. And uh, yeah. So when I saw that Cedar had received her medal, I went and checked and Piper got her medal as well. So I posed her up on the couch and I put uh, Luna, our puppy beside her. Cause Luna will be joining us next year on the team wonder yeah, dog. That. Yeah, so she'll be she'll be uh, old enough to run next year. And speaking of being old enough to run, Ivor, you know, there's there's lots of different advice out there in terms of when you can start running with your dog and when to do it safely. And obviously, as dog owners and canacrossers, we want to make sure we're keeping our animals safe. So I wanted to find a little bit more information as to why they say 18 months versus you know 12 months versus six months because there's all these different answers out there and we know it has to do with growth plates and uh i found a good article um and it's written by dr daryl millis and this article is from mylamedog.com and it's uh it was published december 29th 2000 and 19. So I'm going to read a little bit about this and it talks about growth plates, what they are and, and why they're important. And then we'll get into our thoughts and kind of what I take away from this article. And uh, before we get into that, I just want everybody to know I'm not giving you advice. We're just having a discussion here. And if you're still not clear on what to do, um, definitely speak with a vet. Um, that would be my best advice for you. So um, 
let's get into the article here. So talking about growth plate. So what, what is a growth plate? And this is, this is a paragraph from the article here. So the growth plate or, or feces is the region of bone in a growing dog that results in lengthening of a bone and therefore the limb. In essence, this is how dogs grow. And it's also, by the way, how humans grow. Uh, growth plates close at a predictable age based on the size of the dog. Toy and miniature breeds generally have closure of growth plates at six to eight months of age, while some growth plates of large or giant breeds of dogs may remain open until 14 to 16 months of age. Keep in mind that most growth in height is completed before the growth plates completely close. So this is me talking now, I'm not going from the article. So even, even in humans, we have growth plates and they're in certain parts of our bone and as we grow and our cells divide and, and re reproduce themselves, we get more tissue there, right? So, th so the issue is if you get a fracture um, and the fracture happens to be over the growth plate or the epiphysis, um, what happens is you can make the limb, um, it can grow less long. <laughs> I can't even talk right now. It won't grow as long as your other limbs, right? So if let's say you break a leg and you, and you grow, break the growth plate there, you could end up with a shorter leg than the other and stuff. And obviously if we have dogs, um, that we want to run with and do cane across with or other sports, we don't want that to happen because then they can end up being lame or, you know, or worse, they could like lose a limb. Right. So that's why, you know, there's all this talk about when we should run them. And, you know, obviously if you make sure the growth plates are closed, you can avoid all those problems, but does that necessarily mean you can't run with your dog prior to the growth plates closing? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. So uh, back to the article or the blog post, uh, certainly fractures involving the growth plates do occur, but these are associated with some sort of trauma, such as being hit by a car, jumping from a high height or being run into by another dog. It's true that this type of trauma often results in premature closure of the growth plates, shortening of the limb, and sometimes angulation of the limb if the injury involves a part of the limb with two bones, such as the radius and the ulna, which is the form of a dog. And guess what? It's also the form of a human. <laughs> and the growth plate of one bone closes, uh, usually the ulna, while the other continues to grow. So you get the ulna that closes. And then um, your radius continues to grow. So you get like a, I guess that would cause an angulation. Think about your forearm, right? The two bones on the side. One stops growing, one grows. It would kind of angle out. So that's not good for normal function. Um, however, in good conscience, I cannot recall a case of premature closure of growth plates based on exercise or vigorous training. So this is coming from uh, Dr. Millis. All right. So he goes on to say, you know, what about exercise um, and risk to joints, right? So there is a study that he cites in Norway that evaluated exercise-related risk factors associated with development of radiographic hip dysplasia in Newfoundlands, uh, Labrador retrievers, Leonbergers, and Irish wolfhounds. Hounds. And that was a study by Krontveit et al. In the AM <laughs> yeah, so this, this is a 2012 study. Uh, they suggested in the study that there was an increased incidence of hip dysplasia in puppies climbing stairs from birth to three months of age. And we're going to get to that, Ivory, because you brought up a very good point earlier. Um, they further suggested that off-leash activity had a protective effect against hip dysplasia. Uh, another study evaluated the diet, exercise, and weight as risk factors in hip dysplasia and elbow arthritis in Labrador retrievers. Um, and this is a study from Salander et al. in 2006. 
Um, ad libitum feeding, although in relative in relatively few dogs, was highly associated with these joints, uh, with these joint conditions rather. Running after balls and sticks thrown by the owner were also identified as risk factors. So we're talking about hip dysplasia here, not necessarily growth plate fractures. Um, also suggested that prolonged or jarring activities such as running after a ball or stick in high speed might lead to the development of osteochondritis, a condition which is found in large and giant breeds of dogs that result in a thickened area of cartilage in the joints, such as the shoulder, and then a weak area of cartilage that may break off as a large flap. Uh, others have suggested that there may be some type of traumatic event, such as jumping, uh, that results in trauma to the bone under the joint cartilage, resulting in a residual thickened area of cartilage that then may break off. However, the breed, genetics, and diet seem to have a larger contribution to the development of this condition. So going on uh, to risk factors, uh, so he surmises that jarring high-impact activity may be risk factors for some joint conditions, but keep in mind that None of these studies fully considered the genetic component of the dogs. And further, there is very good evidence that being overweight as a puppy is, in more, likely, is more likely to contribute to joint disease. Nevertheless, avoiding jarring high concussive activity during the formative months seems to be a prudent recommendation. So I want to go back to the stairs because before we started recording, Ivor, you had mentioned, mentioned stairs. So what, what kind of precautions did you take um, with Cedar when she was a pup? Well, they, the breeders always tell you just to just always just carry her up the stairs for a little bit, like not all the time, but like, well, you get them at eight weeks or something. So, you know, you carry them up the stairs till they're like three or four months. They're still tiny. They're not really that heavy. And because they, the breeders usually say that that just helps their back hips because then they're not going to be pushing off as much and stairs aren't on a level plane. So just a bunch of stuff like that really is, it's the only reason we get it, but yeah, like, there's a yeah. whole bunch you can throw in stairs, and then you're also told about like uh, like hardwood floors, and also bad, also bad for that stuff too, right? So yeah, what what is it about the hardwood floors? Is it just because they're not very like giving? Yeah, like well, there's because there's no grip for them, right? So they can slide, slide. around. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like Cedar does it all the time, run around in the house, and she just goes her back end goes flying out, right? So she can't stop. And then like when they're puppies, they're not like the greatest on their feet. So sometimes they can fall, you know, and like, you know, how they split their legs open kind of thing. Yeah. 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 They're that's so floppy, the so floppy and, and uncoordinated when they're puppies, eh? Yeah. I think that stuff is more, is more of them than like the exercise that they're, they're seeing yeah. in this. Well, like I can say, I, I understand the overexertion of the exercise they get, but like a puppy's going to run as fast as a puppy can run. Right. We all know that's not that fast because yeah. they're not going to like exert what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I want to, I want to bring up like a point here. So like you said, like, I think, you know, it makes sense to, to say that if you're out in the backyard or, out, you know, in a leash free park or whatever, and you're throwing the ball with a dog, like there's a lot of, um, high acceleration and stopping and then, you know, pivoting and stuff like that. And I think yeah. those kind of activities are probably, more risky than just kind of running with a dog at that age because because of all the strain on the joints and everything and turning I think you're you're more susceptible to getting an injury and I know like with Piper she's 16 months old now when we're running um I'm running she's just kind of doing a trot you know what I mean 
if yeah. if if yeah. Piper breaks out into a run, she's dragging my butt because I can barely keep up with her. You know what I mean when she runs. So for the most oh, yeah. part, man, yeah. she's just doing a trot and it's not super high impacts. I think the most important factor yeah. to consider when running with a dog who doesn't have closed growth plates is just the length mm-hmm. of running you're doing with them, right? Because I started running with Piper. I introduced her. Her first run was she was about five and a half months old. And mm-hmm. it was just, I just wanted to see what she would do. And, and she did well. And then when she hit six months old, I started running with her a little bit more frequently but it was still very irregular and they were very short runs i think like three kilometers was our maximum distance we would go and then we slowly built up from there she got older and she hasn't had any issues at all and her max distance that we've done to date is about 15 kilometers um and i don't really want to push her beyond that but you know there there have been no issues there so i just wanted to kind of make that point too but the stairs are are very good too i've been uh, carrying luna up the stairs and piper as well because like you said it's it's not on the same plane right and when you're walking with four legs it's yeah. going to be a little bit more difficult with them and i have a family member who has a husky yeah. named boomer and he's he's getting on in age now and they said one of their regrets was they wish they were um a little bit more strict with him on the stairs cuz he would just you know jump up and leap down and stuff like that right so yeah, the stairs are stairs, stairs are if they got like our stairs too are like wood stairs, so there's no carpet on them either. So that that's another oh, so slippery, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's another uh factor in it as well. Yeah. I'm gonna get and off that, topic just a little bit here, but have you ever fallen down your stairs yourself? Uh I have fallen down stairs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't know what it is with me. Like we've got carpeted stairs. Yeah. And every once in a while, if I'm walking down, like I put my foot near the edge and my foot just slips and I usually catch myself on the banister, but I yeah. have this propensity to fall up the stairs. I don't oh, know what, yeah. oh dude, I don't know what it is, but I'm like walking up the stairs or like my foot slips out and I fall down and it just hurts. Okay. I'll tell you a good falling down story. I was, I think I was in, I was in bed. Like this is a, like my first house a long time ago. Yeah. And I got up really fast out of bed and then went to the stairs and then like, I got this wicked head rush. Oh no. But I was at the top of the stairs when it happened. So I like not passed out, but like I couldn't control anything. And I ended up falling down the stairs, but it was, it was like super slow-mo because I could see it <laughs> happening, but I'm just like, no, I'm like trying to grab the rail. And I ended up tumbling all the way down the stairs. And then oh you're just lying you're like, well, what the hell just happened? Man? <laughs> like, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the stairs are dangerous. They are very dangerous, especially if you have a head rush at the top. Oh my goodness. Oh, it was don't bad, you, don't you don't you feel like you know the older we get too like the more you try to fight the fall the more you're end up gonna end up getting hurt like you hold onto the rail and you yeah. just like pull a pull a muscle in your back or something yeah. it's like oh i should have done that you gotta realize it's inevitable you're going down so just let it happen i think yeah that's it man just let it happen <laughs> go with the momentum and and take stock of your injuries once you hit the bottom yeah oh, okay anyways sorry man I, I know we got a little bit off topic but uh that's Sears almost falling down the stairs once Oh, no kidding. Well, a couple times because our stairs, like I said, we have hardwood and then the stairs. So we'll be playing, the kids will be playing some kind of game with her, throw her toy down the stairs and she just slides right off the floor, right down the stair. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, um, I wanted to tell you, it's, it's not really stairs, but you know, when you're, they, we live near the Bruce Trail, right? Like a section of the Bruce Trail in Dufferin yeah. County here. And there's all sorts of wonderful trails we can access. And I was out with uh, Piper one time on a trail and you know, they have those styles. Um, it's S-T-I-L-E, I believe. And those are those little kind of triangular step ladders that go over the fence lines. Yes. 
that go yeah. throughout the trail, right? So I was going okay. through there and a lot of them, I guess, hikers have cut holes in the wire fences so dogs can get through on the bottom. So I was doing that with Piper and then mm-hmm. um, she didn't want to go through at one. So I'm like, all right, I kind of unhooked her and I figured I'll just go on the other side and she'll come to me through the hole. She, Ivor, she jumped right up the stile and then climbed all the way down. I'm like, I didn't even know you could do that. Really? She, I was pretty impressed, man, how agile she was. It was, it was pretty cool. I'm a, I tried to get Cedar to jump in the back, like up the tailgate on, on the truck. And she yeah. doesn't, she seems a little hesitant to do it. So I don't know if she's just, if she has never done it before or is she like, oh, now she's right now. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. coming to be on the show. Well, yeah. I don't know. Like, but yeah, like that's a, my other, like the shepherd I had, that dog would jump anything, man. She was wild. She's yeah. awesome. I wonder if you tried like building a little step stool for her or something. You're pretty I crafty. With wood. But she jumps into like the, the she gets inside the truck, okay? It's just, she's never really tried to tailgate yet. So, like, yeah. when it's open. But that's, again, like, that would, something like that I wouldn't do if the, when there were puppies, because that's definitely a lot of stress on their back hips, too, right? Because they're yeah. trying to jump up like that. Yeah, exactly. So, let's get into the article yeah. here a little bit more. He's going to talk about regular exercise here. So, regular exercise, here's where things get interesting. Um, further details can be found in the chapter on responses of musculoskeletal tissues to disuse and remobilization in the canine rehabilitation and physical therapy book for reference. So keep in mind that the described studies involved breeds of dogs with low risk of elbow dysplasia, hip dysplasia, or osteochondritis. Uh, exercise places demands on joint cartilage, which becomes conditioned to transmit the stresses to which it is subjected. So you can condition your joints and everything to kind of deal with the stress that we're putting it through. Uh, mild to moderate levels of running in dogs may stimulate adaptation. This is a good thing, right? We want our bodies to adapt to the exercise that we're putting it through. Just like when we run as human beings with two legs and your training plan that you're doing now for your 50K, you're running these longer distances and building up your mileage because you want your body, Ivor, to, to adapt not only on like the, the physiologic level or on the cellular level with building up your mitochondria and your capillary density, but you want your joints and, and your tendons and everything to and your muscles to adapt to the to the volume you've been going under too. And that's why you kind of gradually increase it and you do it in a safe manner because too much, too soon, too fast is going to result in an injury. And I experienced that when I first started running nine, nine yeah. years ago, I ended up with like iliotibial band syndrome, which if you're a runner and you're listening to this, you know that that can kind of hurt, right? So sounds um, bad. Yeah. So knowing that, you know, the dogs um it may stimulate adaptation with mild to moderate levels of running. It's a good thing. So most studies of moderate running indicate no injury to articular cartilage, assuming that there are no abnormal abnormal biomechanical stresses acting on the joints, such as hip or elbow dysplasia or rupture of the cranial cruciate ligament. Uh, Exercise certainly accelerates the development of arthritis in abnormal joints, not necessarily in normal joints. Young beagle dogs Mm -hmm. jogging four kilometers per day. Okay, so that's that's moderate. uh, At a speed of four kilometers an hour, which is, you know, it's a light, light jog. What would I run? Uh, they're talking <laughs> a 15 degree incline or, you know, at a 15. So they did, this was kind of a controlled study. So young beagle dogs jogging four kilometers a day, four kilometers an hour at a 15 degree incline on a treadmill for 15 weeks. 
Okay. So that's, that's almost like as long as your training plan is for the 50 K, right? <laughs> so you're hoping for adaptations yeah. here. These dogs, these beagles had no damage to cartilage and they had a 6% increase in cartilage stiffness and 11% increase in cartilage thickness. These are all positive changes. So it's actually benefiting the dog. And these are young dogs, right? Prior to having the growth plates closed. Um, looking at some other parameters, again, all very controlled. Jogging 20 kilometers a day, which is 12 miles, on a treadmill for 15 weeks didn't result in further changes. So we're looking at a range here of four kilometers per day versus 20 kilometers per day. And the adaptations um, were still there, like the measurable adaptations in the cartilage, whereas you get the increased stiffness and the, and the cartilage thickness. So that's good. So that's a, that gives you kind of a safe range as to what you can kind of do with your animals. Now, obviously running on a treadmill is more, <laughs> there's Piper, she says hi. <laughs> uh, running on a treadmill <laughs> is more controlled, right? Whereas outside you have other variables like different terrain. If you're going on trails, you have rocks, inclines, mud, all that stuff, right? So um you know i would i would definitely think that um if you can run on like you know a wider trail that's not very technical with a younger dog would probably be a good idea if you choose to run your dog younger um and i'm talking like you know six six to eight months whatever um so yeah. skeletally immature dogs going back to the article here that were subjected to 15 weeks of jogging at a rate of 40 kilometers a day that's a lot uh, had no change in cartilage content. However, running nearly, uh, sorry, running 20 kilometers a day for nearly one year resulted in a 6% reduction in cartilage thickness of the medial femoral condyle and an 11% reduction in proteoglycan content. My reading skills are being stretched here. <laughs> That's the part of the cartilage that gives it stiffness and wear resistance. So those don't sound like they are good adaptations, but they're talking about skeletally immature dogs. So again, that's just another fancy way of saying the growth plates aren't closed. So yeah, and doing this is it like for, worst scenario too. Who's going to run their dog forty kilometers? Yeah, a day? that's crazy. That's no, like, crazy to do that. Yeah. and and to do that for a full year, like that's yeah. that's 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 bad. <laughs> going back, going back a bit, where it's forty four k to twenty k. That's like probably within what the average person might do it shows a benefit right so yeah like, even even 20k a day is a lot like i don't run 20k a day and i've been running like a lot lately i've um you know had my biggest month um because i've been utilizing my treadmill a lot because i can't get out of the house right now with the kids and everything yeah. but you know i've got like 224 kilometers this month which is the most i've ever done since i've been running and that's not even like 20 kilometers a day right so right. anyhow anyhow so that's kind of where we're at there um, yeah. so, you know, again, it goes back to moderate running or mild running, yeah. right? We're not overdoing it here, but this, this study is important because it shows us what the extremes will do and the extremes are no good in any situation. Extremes are no good, right? Um, yes, for sure. yeah. So they're saying there, there are similar studies he looked at of running 40 kilometers a day, uh, and the effects of training for one year on young canine articular cartilage found that there was no visible cartilage damage but there was some softening of the cartilage. So you're not damaging it, but you're not giving it its best chance, right? Because if you're going to have it softened, it's not really mm -hmm. a good thing. Uh, weaker, weaker joints and all those other things. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but again, he says, these are all huge distances. None of us who are listening to this or doing cane across are running this much daily. You can do a 40 kilometer run with your dog if you train them up properly, but 
to run 40 yeah. kilometers every day? Nah. Uh, and he says, think about running a marathon or a half marathon five days a week for a year, you know, like Forrest Gump, just keep running for no reason. <laughs> uh, strenuous training in older dogs may result in, in uh, negative changes. Uh, running aged dogs on a treadmill at 9.6 to 12.8 kilometers an hour. So moderate speed there, a little bit faster for one hour a day, six days a week for eight months led to cartilage degradation in the femoral head. So that's your kind of your hip bone, which is part of the hip joint, he says there. Uh, proteoglycan content was decreased and there was a destruction of collagen fibers and erosion and fibrillation of the cartilage surface. But again, that's a lot of exercise. And, you know, an, a senior dog wouldn't be running that much at all, right? Yeah. And I think when our dog, we know our dogs and when they get to the point where they can't handle something, you just change it, right? Like I know a lot of retired cane across dogs that hike still, right? And it's shorter distances. You do what you can with them, right? So in summary, what can we conclude about exercising puppies? The most important thing is that puppies should be free of hip and elbow dysplasia and genetic tendencies to conditions such as osteochondritis discans. The most important environmental issue is to keep puppies thin and not let them get overweight. High impact exercises such as jumping from heights or sharp turns should be avoided until maturity and a period of adequate conditioning, agility, and strength training have taken place. There is no evidence that normal exercise causes damage to growth plates of puppies. In fact, jogging exercise, such as on a treadmill, appears to be beneficial to normal joints. It takes a lot of exercise to cause damage to joint cartilage. Jogging an hour per day seems to be beneficial to joint cartilage, but high speed running for long distances, 12 to 24 miles a day, may result in negative changes to cartilage. Dogs are built to run. Mm -hmm. Further, normal puppy play helps them develop muscle, ligament, tendon, bone, and cartilage strength, as well as coordination and proprioception, which is your body's movements like with your brain and how everything kind of just works together, right? Um, maybe that's why African wild dogs run and play so much. Earlier on in the article, he talks about African wild dogs. Um, so this article that brings, shows, that brings up a good point. Go. That brings up a good point too. Like dogs are like a wild, like wild dog and stuff. They don't think we like uh, controlling how they do their. Can say it, but like when the the. the when the wild dogs have puppies, there's like they're not controlling how much running and stuff the puppies are doing, right? So it's like they are still a wild animal and they've evolved. So it's uh, like exercise is not bad if that's what people are saying. And yeah. like at young ages, it's it's done in the wild, right? They do it in the wild. Exercise is good. It can't be over exerted. Yeah, exactly, and. Again, I, you know, we're not we're not early in a, in, a, in a position to give people advice and say, "Hey, go run with your puppy; it's okay." But yeah. I mean, yeah. we can we can we can think critically for ourselves here, and I know our audience is smart and, and you know, uh, dog lovers. And you look at the evidence, the statistical data, and you can draw your own conclusions, right? You've been running with Cedar since she's six months. I've been kind of doing the same with Piper. We've had no issues, and according to the data in all of these studies, we've actually done good for them. Right. We've actually improved the cartilage in their joints and, and everything. And again, the, I think for me, the takeaway points from this Ivor are 
mild to moderate, right? And and you want to keep the puppy's weight under control, don't overfeed them, and avoid kind of like the high impact type of stuff. I think that's the takeaway for me here. Would you agree on that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. For sure. It, and yeah. he has a little thing here at the bottom of the article real quickly. He says, it's interesting that a lot of the exercise and sports science um, that we use for people was actually obtained from dogs. <laughs> there are, even though there are a right. lot of differences between people and dogs, a lot of the stuff we learned, I guess, about people with sports exercises is, is from dog research. So it's pretty crazy. Um, I'm going to put the link for this article in our show notes. Um, so if you're listening to this, just go to the show description and you'll see the website there. Hopefully you can just click on it and you can, the link will take you there. If not, just cut and paste it to your browser and it'll get you there. But it's uh, just for reference right now, real quick, it's mylamedog.com and there's a whole bunch of other stuff behind the link. It's a very interesting article to read. Sure, It, It was, and I think, you know, it's, it was good. And, and let's just keep in mind here, it's just, it is one article, you know, but he did uh, reference and collect a lot of data from, from several studies that all kind of drew the, the same conclusions. So, um, so don't be scared if you have a dog and, you know, it's, I would say, like, I'm saying six months, but I'm just using that arbitrarily, just like some people say 18 months, right? But obviously, when you have a smaller dog, like even Luna, she's four months now, just the other week, we went on a little run walk with the family. And she did two kilometers and she did good. She was tired near the end. And, you know, I ended up carrying her actually yeah. probably the last, the last half kilometer I carried her. Cause she just kept looking up and I'm like, Hey, you're done. So we'll just walk you. Right. But she plays in the house and everything. And I'm not going to start introducing her to running till probably end of May uh, or even mid June. Then she'll, she'll be getting to that six month um, mm-hmm. area there. And, you know, We'll see how she does, but uh, I think she's going to be good, man. Her her paws and her legs, Ivor, are so thick; like they're thicker than Piper's now. Like she's going to be a strong, oh, she's going to be a strong dog. So I don't know if I, I told you or we talked about on the show. So she, her mother is a pure American bulldog, and her dad is a pure Siberian Husky. So cool. it, it's it's interesting to see the traits. Yeah. It's interesting to see the yes. traits c- come out in her. Yeah. Yeah, she's got. We'll she's see how she is at She's definitely got the husky wine. Um, oh, did she? Oh, yeah. But uh, you know, like she, she, the American bulldogs are are known for being good, kind of like watchdogs or guard dogs. Mm-hmm. She's kind of shown some of that too. So you know, I did a lot of reading on the breeds and what to expect from her. And with Piper, I don't really know. But like I said, from just looking at her, you can tell she's definitely got yellow lab. That's her coat color, her kind of head shape, but mm-hmm. her muzzle, her tail her wine that she does, you can tell there's some Husky in there and some German shepherd, I would think too, just from, from kind of the way there's some black in her and, and just yeah. through the way she really likes to use her nose and scent and stuff like that. So I think those are three primary things, but if you can understand, like I'm learning a lot from these two dogs, they're teaching me so much, right? Like about the different traits and different types of behaviors and some things you just kind of realize, yeah. you know, like Luna is very different than Piper in, in regards to, the way she behaves, but, uh, she's, she, I, she listens better than Piper. It's actually pretty impressive. I think she's going to be a better walker than Piper too. Cause she doesn't, really? she, doesn't she doesn't pull as much as Piper does, which is, which is really nice. I was, I was, I was actually thinking, uh, about going back to this article yeah. about, uh, so I had a, I had a shepherd before Cedar. Yes. 
And like, I never ran with her or nothing before. Uh, she was just kind of like, you know, like a house dog or whatever, but like, uh, she was, she was, how old was she being? Not old, but she wasn't young. And, uh, uh, we were playing ball one day and I, I just remembered something you said here in the article. I was trying to look for it here, but I can't find it, but she was going like a little way too aggressive. Right. And she's not really, wasn't really used to doing that. Yeah. And she actually tore her, uh, her back, uh, leg ligament. Oh no. From uh, going crazy like that. So, and that's, I think that's only because she wasn't used to doing it. Like you were saying in this article saying like, if you, if you, uh, train it, it probably wouldn't happen. But because she, uh, because she was just like, she was just, she was, this dog was like obsessed with balls, tennis balls. And we threw it the one day and she just went like full bore. And then, you know, they stopped, they tried to stop super fast and she blew out her leg. So yeah. I was just, that's, like a, that's a good point to this article is uh, you got to like ease them into it, right? You can't just go yeah, nuts. Absolutely. It's just like us, right? Like, you know, you go, you go out and you're going to go do a sport, whatever sport it may be. And you, you haven't really trained for it or you you've used to be good when you were a kid or when you were younger. And then, you know, you're yeah. kind of middle-aged now and you go out there and, and play without having done it for a number of years, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> I don't care who you yeah. are. You're going to get hurt. You're going to tweak a knee or hurt your back or whatever, right? Like it's going to happen. So yeah, and you got to... The thing with dogs... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Ben. It's okay. The, I was say, like the thing with dogs is they won't stop, right? So they're going to... She kept playing, kept playing and we didn't really know anything like for a week and we always... Every time I'd walk her, I'd always hear this clicking, like this every time she walked and then she was eventually doing the toe tapping. She wouldn't walk on her foot on her hind leg. Yeah. So we took her to the vet and then the vet's like, yeah, she's uh, ripped her tendons or ligament back there. And then that was bad. That's expensive surgery. She, so she, <laughs> I, that was my question. Did she end up getting surgery? Yeah. We, well, we lived at Milton at the time. <clears throat> so we went to Milton. We went to a Milton vet. They wanted like 2,400 bucks yeah. to fix it. So then my, uh, she had a, she, when she was living in Port Oak, she had a vet in Coburg there. So we went out there. It was like half price, but yeah, they cut her, they uh, shave her whole leg and cut the whole leg open and reattach it. And yeah, it was Man, bad. Poor girl. poor girl. How was her rehab? Uh, it was good. She was fine. Yeah. And then we had, to, we had our first, our first kid. So he, I can still remember we just brought her home. Like the next day he just started learning how to crawl. And he crawls up to her on her bed, right on her leg, and starts pounding on it like this, you know. And oh, then no. the dog just the dog's looking at me like, what? but the the one thing the vet did tell us, they said it's because she's because this has happened to her, she's like within a year it's going to happen to the other leg, so they must compensate somehow. That I don't know what how the dog and that works, but and sure enough, a year later her other leg went. Oh, so they were right. I guess maybe there's like, you know, they figure it's a genetic predisposition or something too, right? Like, I mean, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't hip dysplasia, but it was definitely her ligament. She didn't have hip dysplasia shoes. No, which is good because I think German Shepherds are, they can get that right. You can be prone to that. Well, if you, if you definitely, if you get the American breed, it's horrible when those ones. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I guess, you know, the, the genetics play a big role in it. And I guess if you're getting from a breeder, um, you can kind of get a lineage and see um but you know piper's a rescue so we don't know anything like we don't even know uh her mother right like she was found without her mom like in a ditch right so 
-hmm. She's got three other siblings that were all rescued uh, together, but we don't know anything about, you know, where she came from really. So it's just kind of a a mystery, but you know, give her, give her a good life and and keep her exercised and, and happy. And, and that's all you can do. Like injuries, injuries can happen anytime you participate in any sort of sport. It's an inherent risk when you're when you're running or when you're cane crossing or cycling or whatever right like you just have to accept that there's a risk but are you going to not do it because there is a chance that somebody could get hurt and you know miss out on a ton of fun no you're going to go out and have fun and if something happens you deal with it right exactly there's risk and everything but that like that that just basically that article just pretty sums up if if you're gonna act your dog lean into it don't go 100 the first day so and that's what we've done with our dogs. That's why I didn't do it with my last dog and she got injured. So now I know. <laughs> now you know. Yes. So Ivor, I wanted to talk about quickly uh, a bit of an announcement here. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. And it's still very much in its, in its early stages. But um, I wanted to talk about Canadian Canacross Sports. And this is a company I've started. Um, to kind of help promote and teach Canada crossing in our, in our area. So we're in Dufferin County. So kind of, you know, we border with Simcoe County, Gray Bruce, uh, Peel region. Um, and you know, one thing I learned from iron paws was there's, there's a, a good number of people kind of in Ontario here, um, that can across and we don't really have many events. So my whole kind of mandate for, for Canada cross, uh, sorry, Canadian Canacross Sports is to promote and teach and coach people how to run with their dogs because I am a certified running coach, right? Um, so I want to mm-hmm. use that and kind of have a niche clientele to help um, learn to run with their dogs. So whether people are already out there running with their dogs, I want to kind of be like a central hub um, for people to gather and, and and run with each other you know, when all these restrictions get lifted and everything, but, and, and for people who are already runners who may have dogs and like, Hey, I'd like to kind of learn how to do this. I want to be a resource for them. Um, and for people who aren't necessarily runners, but have dogs and are looking for fun ways to kind of, um, enjoy time with their dogs and get them exercise, maybe get some exercise himself. It's a great thing to do because yeah. you're, you know, depending on your dog and everything, you don't have to run crazy distances. You don't have to be fast. You can do caney hiking. Really. You can hike with your dog, yep. you know, attached to your waist as well. And, uh, there's so many things you can do out there. And so I'm excited to kind of have that. I'm building a learn to can across program that I want to offer. And, you know, with, with the lockdown we're under right now, I've got some time to develop that, but things are coming along nicely. I've actually had some discussions with, um, local race directors and one of the big targets i have with canadian can across sports is to actually have our own can across race um which would be pretty awesome because like i said there's a lot of us here that are running with dogs and there's not really many events we can do so to have something homegrown and local would be pretty awesome um so those are kind of things i'm working on in the background here but um, if anybody wants to check it out, you can see uh, Canadian Canacross Sports. I have an Instagram profile up there. Um, just started that not too long ago. And of course, we're going to continue with Trail Tales ARP Canacross edition for now. Um, we'll try to do a monthly episode. I know we missed February. Did we miss February or March? No, we missed March. 
this March. Yeah. So anyhow, we're going to, we're going to try to be better at that and get one once a month out at least. And, and, just provide information and education. And if you're listening to this and, and you have any questions, uh, feel free, feel free to drop us an email, uh, trailtailsarp at gmail.com, or you can DM me either at trailtailsarp on Instagram or Canadian can across sports, um, on Instagram as well. And, uh, Ivor or I will get back to you and, uh, yeah, we're more than happy to discuss anything you may like to talk about. So, I think that kind of wraps up our discussion for today, Ivor. Um, thanks again for joining me, buddy. It's uh, it's been good to kind of see you doing your your long training runs and running by my house every once in a while too. So, I guess we have one last thing to say. Did you practice? <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll I'm gonna let you do. It. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Oh, it's. Uh... Well, it's it's run wild. Run wild. That's it, buddy. <laughs> good job. You, you did good. You did good. I've been sitting here like, oh my God. I had to ask my wife, what is it? I forget what I have to say. 